Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us once again. Our lovely guest today is the talented and amazing Robin Pearson. Thank you for joining us, Robin. Thank you very much. So how's everything going in your world, my dear? It is going very awesome. It's been an absolute stellar year so far. Oh, that's what I love to hear, especially when most people are always going on about the never-ending doom and gloom. I love hearing when things are going well. So, Robin, you want to tell a guest a little bit about yourself? You bet. So my name's Robin Pearson. I have a company called A Friend Indeed. We are now in our sixth year of business. Uh, a friend indeed, we offer companionship and in-house non-medical support for seniors. So typically it's the families that hire us. They are stretched thin, uh, looking after uh, their aging parents, as well as managing, uh, still raising a family, managing their career, everything that life throws at them. And we visit uh, seniors at their place of residence, whether it's in their own homes or in a facility. And we engage those seniors in activities that are meaningful to them. And we support them in their life and provide outings for them. So that way they can still be uh, part of the community in which they live. Well, there's definitely a huge and growing need. I know I keep coming across more and more clients that are stuck in the sandwich generation where they still got kids at home and their jobs or their businesses and all those demands. And more and more, they're needing to step up to the plate to take care of their parents, which they love and adore. But there's only so much time and energy in a day to get everything done. Well, exactly. And not only to get things done, but still have that space to have, you know, meaningful time together. Um, so much does need to get done. And these families find themselves just tackling a to-do list instead of actually connecting with their loved one. So we just help with that and create that space for those families. Well, we're very, very thankful that there's there's you out there doing those things. And uh, what is your family situation? So I'm married. This year, uh, August, will be 20 years to my uh, college sweetheart. 
And we have two wonderful boys that we're blessed with. Uh, my oldest is 17, and he has just graduated uh, last week from high school, so he's very happy with that. And my youngest is 14 years of age, uh, going to be entering into grade 10 in the fall. Oh, my goodness, yes. Teenage boys, I can just imagine your grocery bill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you bet. Yes, I only have have the one, but Ayla's starting to hit more and more of the growth spurts as she's trying to get taller than mom. And I'm going, oh, man, like, normally she doesn't eat that much, but she's going through these spurts where it's like, okay, she eats everything on her plate, and then she wants half of my food, which is not a problem, but we're just not used to this. Oh, exactly, yeah. Or in midday or multiple times of the day, it's like everything has to stop, and I need food. Yes. So now that now that you're a mom, and like you said, uh, you got your two boys and stuff. What are some of the things that you're noticing, like around the subject of money? Like your your son just graduated. Like, what is he looking at doing in the future now that he's done with high school and that? Right. So he does have his eye on a course that's out in Vancouver. We're in Airdrie. And um, it is seven quarters long, so almost two years. And um, he has decided that he does want to take a break. He doesn't want to go to school right away, as well as he is looking for employment to be able to save up uh, to take this course. Um, probably relying on uh, student loans as well, but um, the idea of uh, saving up as much as he can, you know, and still having a life um, to be able to have less debt later on. Yeah, well, that's definitely a big one. I know the course that you're talking about, and it's it's a very good one. But yes, it's definitely not cheap, and he's going to have to be living in a different city. So that's probably got to be opening his eyes to a whole bunch of different things, especially with the price of housing and stuff in Vancouver being so high. Exactly, yes. So what are his thoughts around it? Because obviously it's been something you guys have been talking about as he's been getting closer and closer to graduation and now passing there. Like what are some of the things that he's bringing up with you on this? Well, actually he's kind of at the moment taking the, uh, the role or the position of just actually listening to what mom and dad have to say. Oh my. Well, (laughs) I mean, it's it's listening, and then the whole other other part of it is actually acting on it. That's that's a different conversation. But but you know, um, because I'm not in, you know, I'm not him. I can only observe. And um, yeah, we've had the three of us have had a, a couple of conversations. You know, passing along to him our experiences when when we had um, graduated. Um, and uh, just giving him some food for thought. I'm fully expecting to give him space to make some make decisions for himself, try things out. Um, everything is a learning opportunity. And anything from the act of, of preparing for preparing to find employment and everything that goes along with that 
um, you know, pounding the pavement, presenting yourself, following up, making a good impression, actually doing the work, you know, saying what, doing what you say that you will and, and um, impressing, you know, your employer. Um, and, you know, and then when you do get your, your paycheck, what do you do with that? You know, that's a lot more money than, than what his allowance would be. Yes. So there, there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of, uh, there's a lot of opportunities to, to set goals and to try things and fail and try again and, you know, get the feedback and learn from it. Um, so I'm just creating the space for all of that to happen. And I am completely on board with having him take a year or two off before going to college um, to be able to have that experience under his belt. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. Some kids are ready to go as soon as they finish and moving on in the fall onto college, university, whatever it is. But there are so many where they're just not ready on so many different levels. And if they try to go too fast, it, it's crash and burn, where I've had the ones that end up taking one, two, even like four years off. And then they're in a different space in their life, and they're ready to go back. And instead of like, okay, partying and flunking out and doing all that stuff, they're willing and able to dedicate themselves, and they love doing it. Plus, with, when you're dealing with the huge cost of school now, it's like, okay, I need to actually work for a few years to save up for this, or I'm going to be in debt forever if I can even get the student loans to do it all. Exactly. So. And there's just so much that you learn, you know, obviously about money, but just about life, everything, when you have that time to explore and play, you know? Yeah, and, and so much changes as soon as you – high school is one world, and, and working and college and stuff are completely different universe as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. So, so yes, you're dealing with your oldest one because of that. What are the things that you're noticing? Like, is your younger one, the one – the 14-year-old, is he asking any questions or bringing anything up with with you and your husband or, or noticing the stuff going on with Kirian? Because – I know each kid is unique in their own way. So what are the things that you're discovering? With my 14-year-old, he's not he's not really coming to us with any questions, but we do provide opportunities for him to know what's going on, you know, with us, with the family, with, you know, um how what we're doing with our money. Um and how, you know, anything from paying the bills and and basically to sum up would be cash flow, right? Cash coming in, cash flowing out, cash flowing in again. I want to end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, he the healthy flow of, of, of cash just like blood. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Keep it and, circulating. Yeah, and and, you know, building up that that cushion so when life does present something unexpected it's not going to take you out um with my 14 year old you know each 
both of the kids, they have bank accounts. They get their bank statements. Um, they're encouraged to look at them. They're actually, actually, one thing I, I'll share with you is um, it last month when uh, my 14-year-old got his bank statement, he didn't open it right away. And it just sat and it sat. And so I mentioned it to him and he opened it up. And here there was a discrepancy. And that was a great learning opportunity because, yes, even though you know what's in the bank, you got to make sure that everybody is doing their job properly. And there was um, a withdrawal from his bank account when it was supposed to have been from my bank account. He has a generational account, and yeah. so I, I have my name in there as well. And it was just some miscommunication um, the uh, the bank teller had just uh, misunderstood um, where the dep the uh, withdrawal was supposed to come from, and it came from his account. And uh, so that was that was a good lesson for him. That's a huge one. What what was his reaction when you guys saw that? <laughs> well, given what his his allowance is, he was quite ticked off. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that's one of the best things to have it happen and notice now because when I'm sitting down with clients for the first time and stuff like that, and I'll be looking through their accounts because I'm going, I need to see everything because I know what I'm looking at and I'm here to make sure everything's working for you. And I remember sitting down with one client about a year and a half ago, a, a boyfriend of, of one of my younger clients, she's said, you need to go see, you need to go see the crazy blonde. She'll make sure everything's straightened out. And so we're looking through his banking records and I'm going, is there a particular reason why you're being charged like between $200 and $300 a month in bank fees? Oh my goodness. And he goes, what? I said, yeah, because he does everything on his smartphone because a lot of the kids now, like they don't deal with cash. They deal with the debit cards and they don't go online other than on their phone. So we're going through this and I'm looking, yeah, his bank charges for the last four months have bounce between 200 and 300 dollars a month wow and we figured out that what he was doing is he had a checking account and a savings account and he thought it would be easier to keep track of his money if he moved all of his money over to his savings account and then he paid with everything through his debit that came out of his savings account but every time he did that he was being charged two dollar service charge Oh, my goodness. So when he's doing, okay, well, I'm going to go hit the convenience store and get my Slurpee and, and this or whatever, and it's five bucks. Well, he's also paying $2 in bank charges. And because oh. he was never looking at that part on his statement, I'm going, how long do you have to work, dude, to make $300? And he says, that's a lot of time. I said, this is why you need to be aware. This is why you have to stop and look. So we got that fixed. And I told him how to go back to his bank to have those things reimbursed. But it was that was like half a month's worth of pay for him to get just those bank charges reversed. That is that is just so unbelievable. But you know what comes to mind for me is for that individual or anybody listening, if he has been able to live with those horrendous uh, bank uh, fees every month and the the idea that came to mind was get the bank fees straightened out so he's paying as little as possible and set up something like a tangerine account yeah. uh, 
and take, you know, take that $280 that he's now saving and have it just automatically deposit into the Tangerine account or some separate account. Yeah. If if he wasn't noticing it it missing before, my goodness, keep but just direct it to something that's going to be beneficial. Well, and and that is one of the things we talked about. I said like you could be putting that into savings and stuff. But the big thing is why I harp on this so much that you need to be conscious and aware of what's going on with your money. Open your statements. Did oh, it come yeah. out of the right account? What are you paying for your fees? Is there something that shouldn't be on there? Because identity theft is a huge thing and it's starting, it, it's hitting kids. There's kids that are having their credit rating ruined before they even start because of identity theft. Right. Because yeah. they're, because people simply are not aware. Exactly. And oh my goodness, that lesson, the awareness is so critical to so many areas, if not every area in life. And it's easy to, it's an easy habit to adopt. It's a super easy habit to adopt. And when you're paying attention, I found people, everybody likes seeing, okay, like you said, so you set up, set up that savings account or put it into your RSP or, or your TFSA or whatever in the world it is. And you get your statements and you see, you know what? The money's going up. The money's going up. Yes. And it, it, it's such a positive thing. Or if you're paying down a debt, like, okay, yes, I took out this money for my student loan or, or I bought a vehicle. One of the, the first debt that I got was I took out a small loan to purchase my first vehicle. And it was a huge step for me. It was amazing. And I loved watching like every time I make a payment or an extra payment and seeing that go down. And yes. at the same time, I was putting money into my RSPs and stuff like that. And I'm going, you know what? I'm 20 years old. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. And you always have that memory to build on, yeah. to refer back to and build from. So looking back to your childhood and stuff like that, what, is, what are some of the things that you learned as a kid about money by either watching your family or asking questions or, or just, just living? What are some of the major lessons that stuck out from you, for you? <laughs> well, I'm going to date myself. So this will be in the 70s. And, uh, and yeah, I would say the late 70s. Um, so back then, uh, I'm the youngest and when my older siblings, you know, were starting to move away, what have you, my mom offered me the, uh, what is it, like the family check as my uh, allowance. Oh. So it was $30 a month. So regardless nowadays as to the, the amount, the principles that I learned are, I, they are still with me and that's what I um, teach my kids. That's what I always go back to. So it was $30 a month. And I remember my mom saying to me, this is yours. And what you do with it is up to you. If you spend it right away, then you have the rest of the month without money. It's up to you what you do. And that really, I, I took that to heart. And so I remember, and I remember it was September, 
and we had gotten, this is a small town in BC, <laughs> and we got the Sears catalog, because the Christmas catalog comes out early. Yes. And you look at it a bazillion times, because there's not a whole lot else to do. Yeah, and you get to dream. Every kid's dream was, like, yeah, going through, if Santa brings me this. <laughs> exactly, yes. And, you know, we we gave our family members gifts, right? And, you know, when I was super young, you know, people got things that I found around the house and I would wrap them up, right? Yep. So having money now, $30 a month, and I remember it was September and I was thinking about Christmas gifts and I was looking and I saw this picture of this lady wearing this purple outfit <laughs> a purple patterned outfit and I thought mom would look beautiful in this oh my and so I was doing a bit of math and I thought you know how many allowances can I will I get before December a hundred and twenty dollars that was just an incredible amount and so I would, I had my goal and I just saved my money. And each time I got my allowance, I thought, wow, oh, she's going to love this. Oh, you know, and finally I had saved enough money. I think the outfit was $60 or something like that, $69, which was a lot of money back then. Yes, very much. Yeah. And here I was able to, you know, fill out the form and mail it in or whatever you had to do and get this package. And I remember seeing it and wrapping it. And I was so thrilled to put it under the tree and I couldn't wait for her to open it. All of that was all tied to the goal that I had. And that, that single experience has stayed with me. Have I always done that with, you know, without a fault? God, no. <laughs> There's, there's uh, no one that has done life without a fault, dear. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I do remember this kid, you know, I think maybe I was 10, something like that. And, like, that is quite an accomplishment. That's that, a huge accomplishment for a 10-year-old. Exactly, yeah. So I'm very pleased about that. And I still remember that feeling that I have, like, right in my gut, you know, that whole wow, I can't believe that I have a way to achieve this. That's that's cool. I bet I bet it was a major thing for your mom to open that as well. Yeah, but you know what? I have no memories of her ever wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was purple. <laughs> You'd think it would stand out, but hey, if nothing else, you accomplished yeah. your goal. And yeah, having to save for like two and a half allowances, that's like, that's huge. Yeah. I remember her wearing the top, but I have never, ever have any memories of her wearing the pants. <laughs> and I have no idea how she responded. I was just so pleased myself. But that's beside the point. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be funny for you to ask your mom next time you see her, remember that purple outfit I bought you? <laughs> yeah. So what are, what are some of the lessons that you want if, for you to feel successful as a parent? If you could get your kids to learn three things about money, 
before they go out on their own? What are the three things you would want to make sure that they've got? Oh my goodness. First thing that comes to mind is not be afraid of debt. Like proper debt, um, good debt, debt that's going to pay off and, and put you in a better place. Right? That would be one. Hmm. I know I ask the tough questions, don't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have, I have seen and I have known other young people that when they start making money, that they tend to just give it away for various reasons. You know, they, they want to make somebody happy. They want, you know, they, they feel bad for somebody in, in the circumstances that that person's found themselves in. Um, and by all means, I'm not talking about, you know, contributing to a charity or, or something like that. But just being knowledgeable enough to know how to use money, um, how to spend it, how to save it, and how to lift up, you know, your community or or somebody who who needs who needs that lifting up if that makes sense so how to use it properly as a tool well of course yeah i mean that's what it is and the third thing oh that'll be i'm not sure what the third thing would be to have some fun <laughs> to have some fun it's a tool but it's not it's not the master right yes it's not it's not what you set out you don't build a business to make money that is a byproduct of what happens when you have clarity as to how you are going to impact this world yeah i very much love that when i'm talking with kids because there's so much pressure on them from society and sometimes family and thing like that. Like, okay, you're finished high school. What are you going to go to college for? And what are you going to do? What are you going to sign up to do for the rest of your life? And they're going, I don't know what I want to sign up to do for the rest of my life. Well, I hear I can make good money doing this. And, and then they end up getting into something that, okay, they thought it would be a good idea and they could make good money on it. And then they just, they hate it, but then they feel trapped. And it's like, okay, so remember Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, like he was absolutely crazy. And yes, he died too young, but he like, there was no doubt that he absolutely loved what he did. And that's why he became famous and stuff like that. And he had such a massive positive impact in the world because teaching people about animals and, and, and sharing his love with them and all of that. And he ended up being successful because he was doing what he loved and he put his whole heart and soul into it. Right. And I love that, like, because the statistics are that your your kids and my daughter and all that, they're going to have seven total incomplete career changes before they, they finish their work life. And, and we're not talking know, different companies, talking totally and completely different careers. So when yeah. I'm talking to the, to the kids, because I have so many clients feed me their teenagers going, what do you want to do now? Like, you're not signing up for the next 60 years. 
what can you what do you want to do now what can you learn and then how can you figure out to take whatever skills you learn in this job or this business to move on to your next one and then they go oh well that makes a whole heck of a lot more sense well i'm interested in this well how can you start building your skill set in that area and making money at the same time Kids are, are so intelligent and ha are so creative at problem solving if they just ask, get asked the right questions. Exactly. No, I agree with that 100%. When, when I graduated from school, I had no idea that I would be moving away with a girlfriend two days after. I mean, I was shy. I, I threw up on the way out, you know. <laughs> I was so nervous. And... I gained some life skills and I gained some confidence and you pay attention to the opportunities and you know I've always always been employed um, and I fully remember a, one of many pivotal points I knew I was wanting I knew that I was going to go back to school just not right away and I was not going to be one of those people that had said oh yeah I do want to go to college I do want to go to college and then never get there um, and I remember working I was in Penticton working at Canadian Tire as a checkout girl and there was some lady customer who was upset about something and she was blah 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 in my face <laughs> nicely and I remember looking at her and thinking I am so going back to school <laughs> and the, taking the initiative to learn about student loans and learn about the program that I had my eye on and I got that in place and had three years of school, did my absolute best because I wanted to be marketable when I got back out there. I wasn't going to school just to party or to pass the time. I was there on my dime. Yeah. I was I was going had student loans. I I was there to acquire what I needed to get a job that would bring me more than what I had before, not only in terms financially, but also fulfillment and building a life for myself. And you can only step into that path and walk along it. You can't pre-plan the whole thing as much as you would love to. Oh, and even if you try, it isn't going to work out that way. Exactly, because you don't know who you're going to be meeting. You don't know. I mean, it was two years. I had two years. Uh, it was a fine arts course in Kelowna with the second year focus of graphic design because I was going to become a graphic designer. And But at that time, it was before computers. And it was March of my second year. I had only a couple of months left. And I was walking downtown Kelowna, and I happened to pass a design firm. And I looked in the window, and there I saw a computer. And I had the thought. I mean, you can think about it as divine, you know, intervention or enlightenment or whatever you want to think. But I had the thought. 
oh, you know what? I would probably need to have some computer skills in order to be marketable. And there was a few others of us in that course that were thinking the same thing. And as luck, or if you don't believe in luck, we came across a one-year course in Kamloops where we learned many different softwares on Mac and PC and every for graphic design. And, okay, I decided one more student loan and that'll be it. And I learned everything that I needed to learn. And I secured a fantastic job in uh, Calgary at an oil and gas company in the graphic design department, which I stayed there for nine years. And, of course, learning everything from that period of time. Not to mention I met, met my husband that third year of college as well. So Hey, many things worked out from the sounds of it. Exactly. So it's just go, it's being aware. We circle back to that and keeping your ears open, keeping your eyes open, paying attention to what feels good inside, what you're being attracted to or what you're curious about and talking with people. And I went from being a graphic designer, being employed, an employee um to starting my own business because my children were arriving and again <laughs> curled up in fetal position to start my own business um what it was a new entry point for me and one thing led to another after a, a several years doing that i became inspired uh, and found my passion in um, creating a better life for seniors and their families. Yeah, and, and the thing up... is, if you if you could go back and talk to 18-year-old Robin, and could you have ever imagined that this is where your life would be? Oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> uh, old people scared me. <laughs> I had, I had no, um, no real experiences with them. I didn't have grandparents. They they passed away when I was quite young. Um, as I mentioned, I was the youngest of five, and I would be, you know, hanging around my, my mom's uh, skirt, you know, as she's going about her day and, and everything. And if she came across somebody, and I would be introduced as her baby and... I would have a stupid look on my face because I didn't know what to say and I would wait for them to move, you know, move the conversation on to something else. Take the, the focus off of me. That was my experience. So, no, numerous times I just stand back in absolute awe of where I am right now, this passion that I have, this desire uh, and this, this path that I'm on. Well, that's really cool. Well, thank you very much for sharing with us today. It's, it's been a great talk. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column, 
on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fun, and Instagram at financial.fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.